Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. Uh, Matt and Braden here, and excited just to see things grow in uh, looking at our looking at the numbers of downloads and mm-hmm. and just hearing back from people um man i heard i heard one guy he's alex just blessed me so much he's yeah like, that was a great quote yeah it was so cool yeah, yeah so cool he's like i can just feel the presence of god in these episodes and he brings me they bring me closer to christ or he said jesus wow. is using them to draw me in closer to him and i was oh, like wow man. this is yeah. amazing yeah i know that is that's for god's glory because honestly uh you know, this is a bunker down here and, you know, we just do our thing and it's, uh, <laughs> God does what he does. So I'm thankful. He does. He does. And today we're talking to Chris Shield with Forerunner Financial. We've been, um, we met a few years ago at church and him and his wife, Michelle, he got two kids. They're from the metropolis of Devon, Alberta, mm-hmm. up, uh, <laughs> close to Edmonton here. And, and Chris, yeah, we just, we just, we connected eh, when we first met and I just love what you do and we're excited to partner with you. Um, and get word out about what you do with Forerunner Financial, um, which is a little bit different than most financial companies, I think, and I really like it. And um, um, and just talk about the tie-in between financial stress and productivity and and escaping and sexual vices. And so this is going to be good and exciting and different than what we've ever done. So thanks for being here, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Matt. You're you're totally right. We connected, um, like not even sure how we originally met for coffee that first time at Waves, but uh, uh, had a great conversation. And ever since, it's just I've I've enjoyed being a part of a, a small part of what you do, and you know, supporting you where where I can. And that's it's really cool. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for doing that. And um, 
it's cool just getting to know you a little bit here and uh hearing about your passion in this area and um we'd love to hear a little bit uh, briefly i guess about kind of why you are passionate why you're doing what you're doing and specifically you know we're having you on today to talk about the link maybe between certain stressors and how that affects our life on a maybe a, a multiple levels right and whether that's a link to um different vices or addiction and so yeah just maybe share a little bit about why you're passionate why you're doing what you're doing yeah thanks yeah so like my why why i'm in this industry and doing this really i i feel called by god to to be teaching and and guiding people with their financial lives and when i looked at the financial industry i was actually so turned off of ever being a part of it and um it wasn't until i realized i could put my unique spin on it that that i was like okay i'm i'm all in on this plan so um so yeah what i do that's maybe a little bit different is i don't do the traditional like investment and insurance sales i do the financial planning and coaching so it's really just coming alongside partnering with my clients you know finding out where they're at in their in their life today where they want to be and giving them a roadmap, giving them a plan to get there without any expectation or any bias of recommending certain products or solutions to them. So it's, it's, I, I believe it's, it's a fair and unbiased, like objective way to get financial advice. Um, if you're a consumer, so rather than, you know, nothing against the traditional industry of, of finance, it just, it wasn't for me. Like, I don't want to be tied by, the products that I sell, I would rather the clients can choose where they want to get their investments and insurance and uh, just kind of be their guide, help them create that plan to reach yeah. their goals. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love I love uh, not having the bias because you talk to one insurance guy and they'll speak negatively about the other company and then vice versa. And it's like, well, there's pros and cons maybe to both, but but you don't have that bias. And I really like it. And I've heard from people, the testimonies from your clients, the gist of the impact that you've had, which is, which is neat. I think I've heard that, um, I don't know how many times, but a few times for sure. And so it's it's pretty cool. And so for our listeners or for you listeners listening, Chris is... is uh, is helping us obviously produce the podcast through sponsorship um, with Forerunner Financial. And so I would love uh, for you, Chris, just to speak to why did you want to do that? Why did you want to partner with, with Pure Victory Podcast and help get the word out? Yeah, well, I think it goes back to that first first time we met, Matt, and just like the, the way that we connected and, and I've been following along with what you're doing. And um, yeah, I know the impact that that porn can have on somebody's life. And I think what, what, what you guys are doing is, is totally unique and kind of similar to the way I do things it's, it's unique. And, and when you see somebody that, that really just like owns that corner and like takes that challenge and goes for it in their own way, like you can't help, but want to support. And that's how I feel about you guys. Like, um, you know, I, I have a little bit of my own story of like, looking at porn in the past and then overcoming that. And, you know, it, for me, it, it really could have been the end of my marriage, maybe if I didn't, um, if I didn't change my ways. And so, you know, luckily that's, that's wasn't the case. And, and, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate and feel very blessed that, that that's not my reality, but I know the impact it can have. And I think what you guys are doing is, is so impactful for, for those that, that have, 
um, yeah, that have this addiction to porn. Um, I, I love hearing people's story and why they are not just interested, but passionate um, and, and why they want to see this, the word get out, help others. And I think it's so great because often we have that part of our life and then we want to turn around and help others. And we have different ways we do that. And you're an example of that, you know, so thank you for doing what you're doing. And I'm um, a particular, the financial component. I wanted to get into that and move into that a little bit because um, I think often as guys, we can view life and as boxes, you know, we have these compartments and, you know, in the financial aspect, it's one box we feel, but really it, it isn't because it, it can really filter in other areas. If we have stress or brokenness or breakdown in this area, it impacts so much of our lives, right? And we like to view things a little bit more holistically than, hey, it's just one little dusty box in the corner of my life. It's, it really impacts a lot. And we'll get to the link with other things. But, uh, you know, speak to that, Chris, because you probably have dealt with clients and people where you've seen how financial stresses um, or financial breakdown has caused a lot of issue, not just individually, but I'm sure marital issues, uh, I'm sure problems as far as just being able to, you know, serve in their local community. Cause when you're really inward focused, if you're, you're in a point of crisis, so you can't really look outward to help others. So there, there's so many areas this touches, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. There are. And I mean, the, the biggest one that we see is the relational um, impact. So specifically, you know, in a marriage, if, if, if you have a partner, um, you know, it, it is one of the leading causes of, of divorce or separation is like this fighting about money. And so as men, I think we tend to take more ownership of the finances and maybe it, it doesn't come down to um, like the managing of the finances. I find that often goes either way. Like typically one part, one person takes, takes the lead in managing the day-to-day -day finances. Um, it's not necessarily the man, but, but I do feel like the man in the relationship tends to um, feel more responsibility as, as provider. And so like, if they're not living up to like their, their job of that, they sense, they feel of like providing for their family, it has such a big impact. And so that that's one thing. I mean, obviously how we manage and steward our, our, our finances, our wealth on a day-to-day -day, yearly basis, like is, is so important. And having just, just a communication in, in a, in a relationship about money, like I, I just can't speak enough about that the importance of of having clear open communication so you know when you when you get married you know you're you're joining you you're creating this union and you know it's for better for worse till death do us part and so w with that with that teaching with that understanding we know that it's better to do life together as a couple and our finances are part of that so there are many many families many many couples that i help to actually create a plan to to combine their finances and start working together with them for the first time and i i really see that as as like a, a must do for for couples like it doesn't mean you need joint accounts necessarily but you need transparency you need a plan that has you working together and you need to talk about it so that that's probably the the one of the big things that i see uh, like totally. to, to share about yeah yeah i mean i remember month or two ago i was with this couple and and the guy was doing a full disclosure uh of his kind of sexual past with his wife and once he had done it it was within two minutes probably they were talking about the financial stresses and mm. how she put stress on him or, and then she's like oh i don't it's just stress in general and he's like yeah but i carry that and 
I'm like, yeah, there's a direct link because it was it went fast to financial stress and and the lack of communication. And so, do you find that a lot that there's there is that lack of communication and that there is kind of even like like it, it is so important because people a lot of times will say that porn use is an intimacy disorder. And so when you don't feel attached, um, you, you, you feel detached. And so you escape just to numb yourself. And so it is important, but do you find that a lot in a lot of couples and marriages that there is kind of miscommunication about my finances? Yes, for sure. For sure. We, um, tend to just kind of take our responsibilities like naturally they kind of get divided and it's like one one spouse is responsible for this part and one and it's just kind of like this unwritten undiscussed kind of roles are 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 just created and oftentimes like i mean as you guys see when you when you walk with with somebody through like a full disclosure something like that and and you're kind of there you know it's a very challenging role as that person in the room with the couple like like it's mediator, um, like you're just like an unbiased third party trying to help them, trying to get them to discuss it. But honestly, having that person in the room can can change everything. So you go from f- every time you talk about money to fighting, fighting, fighting about money, like introducing somebody else to help guide the conversation, bring it back. That can really like be a game changer. And it doesn't even have to be like, a difficult situation. Like I, I remember one couple I worked with, like they both had strong opinions about money and, and they were separate. Like they were different areas. Like one was like, no, we need to, we need to manage and be aware of every dollar where every penny goes. We need to have a plan for it. And the other, uh, she was like, well, you know, why do we need to go that far? Like, let's just live our life. Mm-hmm. And every time they talked about it, it, was, it became a, a, an argument. And so when I got involved, it was, it was a tough, um, it was a tough couple of meetings. Like there was some heavy tension in there, but eventually we got through, we were able to have a conversation in a way that they had not previously been able to do. And that allowed some breakthrough and they, the couple ended up, um, like there were some sacrifices by both of them and they created a plan that, that would work for both of them. And like that, yeah, just such a great success story. Like I still see them today and they're like, yeah, like you changed, you changed our life with money. You changed our relationship. Our marriage is better because of what you've, what you helped us do. Right. Wow. It's, that's so cool. Yeah. I think, and then you help people engage in those conversations. They start to get some of the root issues. Like um, often we think it's the surface level component of it. It's just money is our issue, but um, it's the values that underlie that, right? Like those values that we don't know, um, maybe our upbringing, our family of origin, we saw money a certain way. Mummy, maybe money was viewed with fear. Maybe money was viewed um, as security, all these different things. Like I, I know one thing from my wife and I, one value that we discovered that was, I mean, we both want to be successful in this area. We share that value, but Kristen, my wife, she had a value of money being security. So it was important for her that we, um, I mean, she worked really hard, put herself through school, you know, two degrees and she paid for it all, every penny and worked really hard to do that. And here I come into marriage, <laughs> a little bit of school debts and my value with money is a little bit different. But one of the, the things that we always struggled with is she didn't understand for me why when we, we bought something, I always wanted the best. I wanted 
high quality things, right? And she's like, well, let's be more frugal. Let's find things that uh, are more cost effective. And we didn't understand on this thing um, why we're different here. And I, I actually had to do some work um, on my own. And I realized when I was growing up, uh, I didn't have the nicest stuff. And I remember like going back to hockey. Um, I was, I mean, played, you know, on, on top teams, but I was always that kid that had the, the junk equipment, right? I remember I had this one helmet. It, man, it was a dusty helmet. It was it was the space bucket, I called it. It, it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed to put that thing on. And, uh, <laughs> and all my other teammates had the best stuff, right? And here I am. I had to play the best because I, I didn't want to look like I was just a terrible player based on what I was wearing. And so this is a value hat. I, didn't, I, I think I made a vow at that point. Like, I don't want to feel that embarrassment anymore. Um, I, when I grow up, um, when I become an adult, I'm going to have good stuff, good quality stuff because I don't want to feel that anymore. And so when I learned that, I'm like, oh, that's why this is important for me. And then Kristen can empathize with me. Oh, I get that. So we found a, a kind of a common ground in our values um, of, of what, what matters here. Now I'm, I'm a little bit more frugal because I understand her value there. And, and she does get why we, you know, it's important we buy good quality things so they don't break down. But yeah, I think it's the values that sometimes we just don't put our finger on, right? We think it's a surface level, but let's go deeper. And I mean, speak mm -hmm. to that, Chris. I'm sure that you've seen yeah. lots of that. Yeah, no, I'm so great. So glad you you brought that up. I mean, there's so much of our of our belief system around money that is formed in childhood. And um, whether it's, you know, family experiences, or, you know, the way our parents communicate or don't communicate about money. But yeah, there's very common like money scripts, uh, they're called that that most most of us have some tendencies towards it's either like money status, uh, money vigilance, money worship, or money avoidance. And, you know, one, some of us fall into multiple areas of those as well, but you know, there, there is, it's just totally normal to, um, to have a belief system about money. That is like almost a subconscious belief system that is created through childhood. And the great thing is we have, we all have the ability to rewrite those beliefs about money and we have the ability to merge them with our, with our spouse or partner and create new beliefs as a couple about money and then instill those values into our children. And that's like, I, I just believe there's so much power in that if we can come together and, and do that together. And so like, like you said, Brayden, um, the way you, the way you discussed it with your wife, you know, you, you reflected, you, um, you kind of realized, you know, I, I feel this way because of X, Y, Z, I could, you point a finger on it and then you could see that she comes from a different place and together you, you formed a new, or a, at least some kind of understanding together. Like so cool. Yeah. And you talk about money scripts and then it, it, I was thinking of shame scripts too. We call them shame patterns in pure freedom journey, but a lot of people call them shame scripts because there's so much shame that we have around yeah. money. And, you know, it, it could even be like our status in society that we think that this is who I am or I'm this kind of person. I'm, uh, and if we have a lot or if we have all the nice things, then we have to keep up with that. And if we don't, then we're a failure and then you should start beating yourself up and, and want to escape. Or if you, if you don't have a lot, then you just think that's who you are. You're not as good as other people. Do you, do you see that a lot? Do you think, do you see shame in people? And can you hear oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like. It, it definitely presents in many in, in different ways. Like we all kind of carry that or feel that 
differently, I think, when it comes to money, but it, it comes up for sure. Um, whether it's like overspending or, you know, not feeling like you're not earning enough or not, you know, being diligent with saving for the future. Like there are so many places that shame comes in to the money equation. And uh, yeah, it's, it can be a very, very difficult thing to overcome. Um, I think. Yeah. And the thing about shame is it can start something, start, start somewhere like maybe with money, but then it can overtake a life if we don't identify yeah. it. Right. Because it becomes our belief system. Well, and it's so interesting because they shame, we, we have shame with some other things and that can filter over into or come out of certain beliefs that we have even based in money or other things. And so it's interesting because, I mean, we view life in a more holistic way. So if we have shame in one area, it's very likely that we may have shame in other areas too because um, it's filtered into those areas um, as well. And uh, it, it's like, yeah, it's a script that's running in the background, right? So, I mean, I think that's often why people, if the, the topic of money comes up, they can almost get um, a little maybe oppositional defiant if you have people telling them what to do or even um, want to run away from that conversation, you know, where they don't want to talk about anything because it touches some of that hurt, that pain, that shame. Um, and, and, uh, it can really affect them. Um, and I think that probably connects to, you know, why, um, talking about money in the family group has not been, um, it, it hasn't been done in, in past generations. Like maybe they couldn't point anything to it, but it likely has something to do with those underlying feelings of shame that like, we don't discuss money. It's a private issue. It's a private thing like you can't ask your parents how much money they make or how much we we are we saving or do we have debt like um you know so i think that you know similar to a lot of things in life you guys probably see this what you do but as soon as we can name it and we can we can call it out and, and discuss it openly it has no more power over us and i think that's that's one of the or less power over us maybe is a better way to put it but yeah when we can talk openly about money, um, we have the opportunity to grow our relationship with money and, and, and change it for the better. That's why I love what you do, because you could teach people a financial plan or get them on an insurance program or plan or whatever, but but it's the beliefs that wouldn't change. And so you're you're actually getting to the heart and dealing with someone's heart and, and beliefs and, and helping couples communicate. And it's really yeah. cool. It's just deep, right? Um, yeah. What do you what do you see as some some hindrances to people changing? I'll communicate this to prospects or to people that are asking me like, "How's your business going?" or whatever. I'll say like, you know, until people are ready, they're not ready. Like, and I can I can walk with them and and kind of nurture the nurture them and and help them a little bit on the way. But like until they decide like I'm ready to tackle this, um, it's really hard to make make changes in your financial life. And so often um, those changes are brought on by a, a life circumstance change. So getting married, for instance, or losing a loved one, or having a kid, buying a house, like big formative life changes are often what it takes for people to take a look at their finances and maybe change something with them. And I, I wish I had a better answer or a, a way to um, 
kind of speed up that cycle maybe or, or change the cycle of it so that people could come sooner but ultimately like until you're ready um until that motivation is there it, it's really hard to to do anything yeah that's so true and i mean coming from from my perspective i'm dealing with a lot of marriages and we see this a lot where uh, people get married and they're very entrenched in their beliefs um they don't have a lot of wiggle room sometimes in those areas. Uh, they'll be, we've seen couples get married and they have this understanding, maybe not on a conscious level, but subconsciously it's my money and your money. You know, we're not meshing. Uh, I'm going to have my, you know, expenses, my account, you're going to have yours. And, and often there's this power dynamic at play where say the husband makes more money and he feels that gives him license to spend more or to, uh, to not talk about what he's using money for. And then his wife feels like a little bit like she's a doormat, like I don't have any say. Um, and vice versa, we see both, right? And, um, and often we, this just erodes intimacy in marriage because we, we actually call it when there's, there's money going out that the other spouse doesn't know about, um, we actually call that financial infidelity. And that actually has more of a damaging effect on marriages um, than, I mean, a similar impact, I should say, to often infidelity because there's a lack of trust. There's a trust that's being broken. Um, and I know <laughs> I faced this when I was, uh, uh, you know, when we first got married and it was on a smaller level, but I would just, you know, hot summer day coming home from work, I'd stop at 7-Eleven and grab a Slurpee. And I would do that a few times and I wouldn't tell Kristen about that. And while it's a very small expense for her, because she's like, what's this? And I'm not telling her that's breaking trust. It doesn't matter the amount I'm breaking trust. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so we had to find a third way, not my way or her way, but a third way so that we could um, move forward in this. And so a lot of couples face that where they're so entrenched in this understanding and, um, where maybe they're spending money that the other doesn't know about. But uh, have you seen that? Have you seen that kind of financial infidelity? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. No, you, you did an amazing job describing it, explaining it. Obviously, you know it deeply from a marriage you know, standpoint. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on, like, you know, sh hiding expenses or just, you know, not, not feeling like you have to communicate that, that can be such a, it just, yeah, erodes your your trust, your like you, you, your accountability. You're not; it's no longer there. And um, you know, I'll share a, a brief story from my own personal life. Like, you know, we when my wife and I got married, and you know, we we started doing life our doing life together, doing our money together. So from pretty much day one, it was like we're in this together. However, there was this underlying like feelings of like, well, I don't. I don't agree with you spending your money or our money on that thing. Or when she would be like, Oh, I don't agree with you spending your money on that thing. So for us, what that, what that looked like was I spend too much money on, on um, archery equipment. I'm a big archery hunter. So Cabela's Jimbo's, you know, I spend a lot of money on archery gear and, and hunting equipment. And so it's a pretty expensive hobby. So she would often be like, well, why'd you spend so much on that? And for her, she like, she loves gardening and trees and plants and flowers, like just adores it. So every year, like this time of year, I know because she just went shopping for flowers this week, like hundreds of dollars on flowers that are going to last for five months. New trees every year. I We used to fight about this stuff, but then we realized, we, we stepped back, we discussed it. Okay, this aligns with your values. This aligns with your, with like, 
as long as you're spending our money in a way that aligns with your values or our values, I support you. There's no longer a fight about just because I wouldn't spend my money on flowers, just because she wouldn't spend her money on hunting equipment. We have this understanding, this trust has been built that we support each other because it's clear, like it's it's been a tested value. It's like, it's no longer just like a, well, I, I, I bought a Slurpee. I bought a, like, uh, I bought a new bike today. Like if it's something that directly impacts the quality of your life and and it's something that, you know, helped you be a better version of yourself. That's that like something that you truly value, whether that's an experience or an item, whatever that is, you should be spending your money in, in that way. Like life is short, live it fully. Like we are called to, to do something special on this, on our time on earth here. And, you know, we all have unique gifts and abilities and we should be investing financially into those. And so whether that looks like hobbies or your career or, you know, you're starting a business, whatever that is, we should support our spouses in investing in those things. And then on the flip side, like if I spend, if I spend money at McDonald's or Tim Hortons, I, I hope she calls me out on it and says like, Hey, Chris, did that add any value to your life? Getting that Big Mac today? Like, uh, no, it actually made my life a little bit worse and I won't do it again. Thank you. <laughs> and then you felt shame. <laughs> yes. And then I felt shame for a minute, but. Oh, that's yeah. I remember when I was first married, um, I had, I had a credit card or two or whatever that I brought in that it were mine before we were married. And so I, I went and I, I did that. I, I, some fast food thing. I spent like $3 or something, but it was on a credit card where she couldn't see it. And I actually had a dream. And it was like, I could see in the dream me pain at the window and just God saying something like, don't do that or stop that or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was funny because I told Brad this a month or two ago, we were wrapping up our, our playoffs in hockey. And I only had a, we only had a few games left, but I only had one stick. You got to have two. And the one stick I had wasn't that good. So I was like, oh man, I got to go spend like how much money on a hockey stick. They're not cheap. And so I, I knew I was, gonna have to and i just had this thought i'm like i don't want to tell louise and then i'm like no wait a second like i'm not gonna do that i just had the thought but it was interesting to think through that and then when i told her and this is the this is the cool thing about it is when i told her like hey i I gotta go get a stick she's like perfect yeah i want you to go get go get it and when we hide things we don't get that moment of intimacy and closeness because Mm -hmm. there's not the communication she also has just spent hundreds of dollars, well, actually more than that, on uh, on her garden because we didn't have a garden bed. She went and bought the whole garden bed and all the dirt and the plants and all of that stuff. And so she's built that and she loves it. And so, yeah, it's a bill. And we were going through that right now. But I was saying a couple of days ago, like, I love the joy that it brings you. And we can see her just having a great time with it. And so it is cool when you communicate that and you don't have that that uh, that hiddenness or that shame. I want to ask one more question. Maybe, Brad, you have one more too. I don't know. But but guys in porn often will disqualify themselves from leading because, like, look at what I've done. I've, I've wrecked our marriage or I've betrayed her. How could I lead in other areas? And so I was just talking about this with someone last week. And so I want, I want your, your, your opinion on that. If, if a guy is out there and he's hooked on porn and he's seen the damage that that's caused his wife, but then there's a financial leak going on in their marriage or there's miscommunication in marriage. 
what would you say to that guy who's hesitant to leading because he feels like a hypocrite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say he, your past does not disqualify you. I mean, you have every right. You have you you've actually have the charge to to take control, to be in control of your financial life. And so, um, yeah, your past, whatever that is, does not impact the future and the decisions you're making about your money today. So, um, yeah, I would just start with that strongly. And, and then, you know, you have, we all have the opportunity to, to improve or change, um, change our life and it can start with the smallest thing. So, you know, it can be so overwhelming at times to look at the big picture and, you know, whether that's a mountain of debt and various credit cards or whether that's like no retirement savings or, or it's just hard to, you know, hard to get by every month. Like there's not enough, there's no money left over at the end of each month. Like whatever your situation is, it can seem daunting. Start small. One, one little thing, whether that's like bringing some awareness to your money, um, trying to be more intentional about one part of your financial life. Uh, I think that's, that's the, that has to be the starting point is we have to bring, bring our intention towards it. If we, if we want to try to make a change. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think that we need to have the intentionality behind, like you said, because we can't just assume that these pieces are going to fall in place the way that we need them to. And um, so I think that's great. You know, anybody that is hearing this and maybe you do have financial stress or um, there's some debt or there's some issue there, um, get the help that you need, but start the discussions. Um, If you're an individual, same thing, get the help you need. If you're a married couple, get the help you need um, to begin the transparency process of revealing what's going on in a deeper sense, but also your plan. And, and it's so great. Hey, Chris, like when you get as, as a couple, even when you get on the same page in this area, it's it, like we found this, my wife and I, it used to be an area of, of friction for us, um, an area of, you know, a lot of conflict. And that's very typical for a lot of marriages, but getting on the same page and, and working at it and finding it to become a strength in our marriage, the different skills we bring in this area, it is like a breath of fresh air to our marriage um, to be on the same page. And uh, so I just, the last question I have is maybe just paint a picture of hope because I think a lot of people when it comes to finances, they feel very hopeless. They feel like they're just repeating the patterns of the past, um, maybe don't know a way out. And I know that those things aren't true. And I know you know that too, Chris. So just maybe yeah. speak to that. What's the hope people can have in this area? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I mean, there, there is hope no matter your situation. So um, like, just like we said, to, to take the first step, start small, but start to dream again. Like that's, that's the biggest, like if I could point to one thing, like the turning point with, working with a couple or a client, it's like when they go from this point of despair to like starting to dream and be like, oh man, can you imagine if, if our life looked like this one day, when that hope is restored in their heart, that's, that's like the turning point for sure with everybody. So, um, that's, that's what it takes. That's the, that's the first point, starting to believe in yourself, those small steps showing that you can change your financial life and then building on those steps. And eventually as you take these little micro steps, you're going to start to, the, the hope is going to start to well up in you and, and then you're going to change your outlook and you're going to realize that it is possible. And 
there's no, there's no financial strategy or, or like solution. There's no investment or insurance product out there that can do that for you. This is a heart change and this is a decision you need to make for you. And so um, that's, that's where it starts with later on the financial planning process and, and investments and insurance could be a part of that and should be a part of that for most of you. But to start with, we need to believe that we can change. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where can people reach you? Um, who can, like, is there a geographical limit? I think people anywhere can reach out for coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's just coaching for sure, wherever you're located, but, um, financial planning wise, uh, Canadians. So anywhere across Canada, um, I can work with you. Um, yeah, you can find me at forerunnerfinancial.ca. Um, you find me on LinkedIn or, um, yeah, that's probably the best two best places to find me. And, um, yeah, when I like, I think this is a great fit, like for both of us, cause I, I really enjoy working with couples, uh, young families specifically. So, you know, if, if you're in your forties, maybe your thirties and you're married, you have a family. I love, love helping people like you. And, um, if you're outside of that, still reach out, we can have a conversation and see if it's a good fit as well. Mm. Thank you, Chris. And so everybody listening out there, coaching anywhere and financial planning aspect here in Canada. But we so appreciate Chris. Uh, we need more like you out there helping people in this this regard because finances is, I would say, one of the bigger stressors in life. Um, but it doesn't have to be. And uh, people like you are showing that and helping people one step at a time move towards freedom in this area. But not only that, to be successful and to reach their goals that, that they, they want to achieve. So thank you for taking the time, Chris. So appreciate you. So appreciate what you're doing. And for everybody out there listening, uh, same thing. We are in your corner. We're cheering you on and we're praying you on. And um, thanks for taking part in this. And uh, if this is an area for you that you want help in, get the help you need. Uh, reach out to guys like Chris. Um, but take the steps. Make the choice in your life that, hey, I'm going to start. I'm just going to start. And and I think that's really going to help you move forward because I, I think it's you know pushing that rock up the mountain seems pretty daunting daunting at times but one push at a time and i think that you know you get that momentum and you get excited again so we'll leave that with you thanks everybody for listening again and we'll check in with you next time thanks for listening if you would like to hear more please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe this podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers if you would like to help support the cause financially once again please visit purevictorypodcast.com